welcome to episode 40 of Live It or Waste It, the big 4-0. I am David Guggenheim. And I'm Dave Wine, and this is now the show about getting the most out of your living room. <laughs> we really want to maximize that. If you are looking for tips and strategies on how to make the most out of your living room, then this is the show to follow. Join us on our new journey of learning to live it during this pandemic with the help of the Live It or Waste It community. Waza. What's up, community? It's like the uh, 50th anniversary of that What's Up commercial. I don't know if you knew that. I do yeah, know that crazy. commercial. No, it's like 30 years ago. Yeah. So happy 4-0, 40 shows. 40 shows. Have you learned anything? Not a damn thing. No, me neither. I'm pretty much the same schmuck I was 40 episodes ago. No, I don't think that's true at all. I think that I have learned a tremendous amount. I think that this actually show that we're going to be doing today is a great example of some of the lessons that we have learned in the past and a lesson as to why we should be as mindful of ourselves as we possibly can. Yes, I agree, and I'm looking forward to this show. This is going to be a good one. Just like I think last week's show was really good, we have received quite a bit of positive feedback about the show, and so I'm glad that we are continuing this topic of self-awareness. But before we get into it, yes, weekly affirmation. Weekly affirmation. Well, let's get into it. Everyone, take a deep breath in. Hold it. And release. Ah. We have a choice to live it or waste it. This is up to us. Right now, we are being tested. How are we going to react to this unprecedented moment in history with a whimper or with a roar none of this is easy but we do what is necessary we make the sacrifices we put us before me we listen but we remain unattached this is still our time and we will do our best that's how we live it that is how we live it my friends good Good rendition there, my friend. Thank you for giving us the weekly affirmation this week. My pleasure. And we need the weekly affirmation more now than ever. I mean, we need the positivity. We need the reminder. We need to look in the mirror and and think these things to ourselves. Because I tell you, people aren't wearing their masks where I live. No. The masks are coming off. Yeah. We're down to like 50% of people are wearing, easily, easily a couple of weeks ago, we were up to like 90, 95% of people were wearing their masks when I was out. Right. Now when I go out, which is infrequently as possible, but when I do go out, it's about 50% in Florida. I don't go out much, but when I do go out, I wear a mask. <laughs> and I wear Old Spice. <laughs> and I drink Dos Equis. Uh, did you see the video of the woman who cut the hole in her mask because she said it was hard to breathe? 
So she cut the hole right on the mouth part. <laughs> you know, yeah. Darwin wasn't wasn't too uh, off the bark with that one. We this these are scary times, and uh, I don't know what's what's happening, but I hope that this is like like they said in Batman, uh, the Dark Knight. It's uh, always the darkest before the dawn. Yeah. One would hope, because we are, as the affirmation stated, we are being tested. Yes. And um, not all of us are passing this test, but uh, just put the society and your fellow man and the most vulnerable amongst us before yourself, please, before your freedom. Yeah, you know, and this gathering, people just get gathering and, and not maintaining a safe distance. Six um, feet, people, six feet. The numbers aren't exactly plummeting right now. So to act like this is all just going to go away, no matter what we do, is just not realistic perspective. Asinine, in, in my opinion. My humble opinion. Word of the week. Word of the week. What is the word of the week? Yes. What is it? What? Right. Exactly. What is the word of the week? What? 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 <laughs> now, why? Why what? Well, if you listen to last week's episode, you would, you would understand why. But you wouldn't ask why, would you? You'd ask what? You would ask what, wouldn't you? Because last week we learned that what is the question you, you can flip. You can flip your whole mental dialogue just by changing the question from a why question to a what question. And I thought that it would be a really good recap sort of yeah to make this the word of the week really ingrain it in there make sure that it's not a point that is missed or forgotten or moved on from because in so many instances replacing the why question with a what question is so helpful mm -hmm. and i found it in in my life when i've been able to own my state of being, my state of mind. And I had mindfulness when I was having more difficult conversations that we have in this world. Mm -hmm. Putting out a what question is so much more constructive than throwing up a why is this happening to me? Why are you doing this? Right. Why is the world doing this? Why is karma coming back at me the way it is? Why me? Why me? Why, why, why? It's looking backward. You know what the universe says when you say, why me? Why not you? Why not you? Why not you? I like that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like we said last week, what moves us forward? And that's really, it gets us in the solution-focused mode. Mm -hmm. It takes us out of the pity party of the victimization and the distraction of who did what to me and on and on and on. 
instead, you know, we're focused on how can we not go through this again? How can we do better next time? What can I do in the future? What can I do differently? What can I see in the situation that I didn't see before? Uh, Get creative with it. But when, when you see yourself either using the why or wanting to use the why, reconfigure that into a what. Try to look forward in, in what you can do differently. How you could, because the world is going to do what the world is going to do. What are you going to do about it? Okay. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. We got the Quarantine Edition Inner Self Series active once again. Today, we're going to be focused on self-awareness and emotional intelligence. Awesome. Video of the week. Video of the week. We got self-awareness activities, top five emotional intelligence. Number three. <laughs> I don't know why there's a number three there. Because that was, that's in the title of the, of the video. All right. All right, all right. You did not have the number three there, but when I went to go vid- watch the video, it's number three. It's number three. Number three. Uh, it's top five number three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, that makes sense. I guess if you looked at all the, uh, the videos made by Steve Faulkner, F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R, right. um, which is, this is one of his YouTube videos, Perhaps it will make more sense because it is self-awareness activities, top five, emotional intelligence. So this is a video very much as the title of it indicates of getting people more self-aware through emotional intelligence. And how do you become self-aware? How do you increase your emotional intelligence? by becoming aware of yourself, very circular in that manner, but very effective. And really, let's remember the definition of self-aware. It's the ability for us to see ourselves clearly, to understand who we are, how others see us, and our place in the world. As important as self-awareness is, a lot of people really skip right past it. They do, because it's a tough thing to do, to really look and see how you behave, how you respond to things, your place in the world. What you could do better, what you're doing wonderfully. Right. A lot of people just go through life on autopilot. Winging it. Winging it, doing first thing that comes to their mind or what they've seen other people do and not questioning really is this the right (laughs) approach should i actually say the thing that i'm thinking is one of the things that i struggle with a lot and i found that when something comes into my mind i better not say it right then that i should have some self-awareness some self-critical nature. Mm-hmm. What is it that I want to get across? And is it helpful to the situation? Is it going to put me in a better situation if I say this? 
and not to go against our word of the week, but why is it that I'm going to say this? You know, and again, it's a why question, but it's looking forward. You know, why, why do I want to say this? What, it, what is my goal in saying yeah, this? There's the what question. There's the what question. What is the goal in me opening my pie hole? Yeah. And what is the purpose of what I'm saying? What, what, is, what am I getting out of it? There has to be a reason why I'm responding the way I, I am. Uh, I learned this at some point in my life as a way of protecting myself, and now it might not be appropriate to use anymore. We've talked about that before, too, you know, just things that have happened to us in our lives that, that cause us to learn ways of protecting ourselves that later on become habits or, or personality traits that don't exactly work out in adult <laughs> situations, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we learn that are not the best way of doing things. They just happen to be what is passed down through the ages and we pick up naturally. Right. But it doesn't serve us in the way that we want it to serve us. And so the Steve Faulkner video breaks down five different activities that you could do to practice self-awareness to be Make sure that you are actually aware of yourself. It doesn't just magically happen. Just isn't, if you ask someone, are you self-aware? Sure, yeah, I'm self-aware. Okay, well, what are the things that you do that make you self-aware? And with this video and with this show today, there are five concrete steps that you could take to answer that question in a very mindful way. Last week, we learned not only that what, changing the dialogue from a why to a what question is a good way to become more self-aware, but we also learned that only 15% of the population is really self-aware. And honestly, I was thinking about it. That's one of the reasons why we started doing this show is because we felt like society as a whole is not self-aware and doing the best they can be doing. And it's because they're just not even aware of what they're doing. I'll one up you there. I'll personalize that and say, I wasn't living it to the way that I wanted to live it. I had some really bad habits and I continue to have some, some bad habits. Mm -hmm. It's not something that you, that you fix. That you, oh, I've solved that, and now I can move on with it and and no longer do the hard work. It's it's a process. You're never going to be perfect at it. You're always going to be able to reflect on your behavior. You're always Mm -hmm. going to be able to do things better. And that's sort of part of the challenge of life. Like, don't we want to be the best versions of us that we can be? Don't we want to be the ones that are defining that? And what are the ways to do that? And I think each week what we do on the show are we talk about different ways that might work for you. And I think this week we have five more tips that might resonate with you to help you be the best version of yourself. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Well put. So the first one is very basic, 
very easy to accomplish, doesn't necessarily take very much time, but something that many of us, including myself, have a very hard time doing, and that is daily reflection. Yeah. At the end of each day, analyze what's gone on. What went well? What didn't? What could you have done differently or more effectively? Yeah, this is a great thing to do because, you know, if you have a productive day, if you have a strong day, it's going to get you pumped up for the next day. You know, going back, saying, hey, look, I did this. I got this done. I, I finally finished that project that had been hanging over my head or I, I had a phone call and I didn't handle myself very well. What could I have done differently? How could I have handled that call better? Yeah. Um, and also it, it maximizes those good things. It allows you the space to recognize the great activities that you've done so you could incorporate those in your life going forward. Right. Instead of yeah. going, I don't know, I, Tuesday was good, but Wednesday was terrible. I don't know what was the difference be, except for I had meatballs on, on Tuesday and spaghetti on Wednesday. Also, it can quiet the critic in your head that might be saying, oh, you know, you didn't do this, you didn't do enough, you didn't do what you, you didn't accomplish everything you were supposed to, or you still got all this other stuff you got to do. You can focus on what you did and what you can do the next time around better. So the next item up is very similar, but distinctly different. And it might strike you as either easier or harder than the daily reflection, but in the similar milieu. And that's keep a journal. Yeah, keep a journal. Monitor yeah. your life, your responses, your emotions and triggers. And it's a great time when something's happening, when you're triggered by something, to journal it, to really process it, understand it, and you might learn something that you didn't know about yourself just by the fact of you writing it down. Right. This is like stepping outside of your own body and watching yourself, almost like in a movie. And the other day I was watching uh, a show and a very strange thing happened to me. I was laughing hysterically and then found myself uh, triggered by what the woman was talking about. She was biracial, and she was just talking about the challenges that she goes through as being a biracial person. And I suddenly became overwhelmed with anger just out of nowhere i mean rage like my fists were balled up and my eyes were watering and i couldn't really understand what was happening to myself so i was able to literally step outside myself and listen to the dialogue that was going on in my head and i started writing it down and it turns out that, you know, there's something that I thought I had dealt with in my life that I still have quite a bit of repressed anger about. So writing down the, the dialogue that was in my head allowed me to take that and go to my 
therapist with it and, and work through that with her. And it's been quite helpful and it's been quite a breakthrough because I realized that this issue that I have has really affected my way of, of interacting with other people. And it's, it's had a, a detrimental effect on a lot of my relationships and I didn't even realize. Wow. Yeah. Um, because there was something going on with me why I was a certain way. And I don't want to get into the specifics because we'll be here forever, but I'll try to give you the cliff notes of the cliff notes. But it's just my trust in people. And I've never really understood why I have uh, a difficult time trusting people. And because of watching this show, which was a comedy. <laughs> right. Was it, it like a reality show comedy or what type of, what type of it, show, it's genre? It's not a reality show. It's like a, a fake reality show. It's oh. called uh, Black is F. Okay. It's on Netflix. It's, it's, it's hysterical. I find it hysterical. But that one particular moment where the mother was, was talking it really triggered something in me. It was, it was fascinating how it just flipped my whole mood just like that. You know, I went from laughing hysterically to, to just like in, in a rage, like Hulk. And if you just stayed in the rage and let it pass and move on, you wouldn't have learned anything about yourself. Just experiencing no, I... that level of anger. You had to process it and what we're talking about here keeping a journal would be a great way especially if you're in quarantine and you're not you don't have a professional to to speak to yeah. um, a great way to process it and give yourself the opportunity to learn from instances like that and clearly with the the level of reaction that you had there was there was something there mm-hmm yeah for sure. And, and you, you want to be careful where that, where that comes out, I imagine, too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was kind of scary. But I'm glad that it happened, and I'm glad that I was able to write down the, the dialogue that was going on in my head. It was, it was pretty interesting, the things that I was thinking and, and saying to myself. And, I mean, it, it was stuff from, from my childhood, like, all the way through to to being a young adult um it's it, it's just i've had an interesting journey at being you know half black half jewish growing up in los angeles especially in the 70s and 80s you know now there's mixed people everywhere um but in the 70s i was a freak right people, you know um, so it was, it was a novelty. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I've honest, I've actually thought about doing a podcast about my, my journey just to maybe as a therapeutic vice, but, uh, I don't know if people would be interested in hearing about that, but I think it's a pretty fascinating story. I think there are a lot of people that are between two cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, that like, I, I mean, mine is, is, is less um, visible to the, the, you know, the public per se, but 
my um, mother came from a Christian background and my, my father came from a Jewish background. Mm-hmm. And which do you choose if you choose either? Can you identify with both? Or do you identify with one and, and don't identify with the other? And, you know, all these things are legitimate choices. They just happen to be choices that, that different, you know, that people make differently. Right. So I think a lot of people would identify with your journey on there. And it sounds like that it's a journey you're still on and maybe talking to other people, and maybe this is the podcast, talking to other people, each interview will be a, a different person and a different mm-hmm. twist on two identities coming together. And you could just talk about your experiences. It's a great idea. Yeah. Patent it. Bam. Bam. So there you go. Keeping a journal will lead to all sorts of crazy ideas and crazy conclusions that could be quite meaningful for you and the people around you. Absolutely. And it keeps you in the moment because afterwards, that's when you can go back and, and read it and then try to analyze it once you've calmed down. You go back and, and look at the things you wrote down and be like, oh, wow, this is, this is what I was saying to myself. This is why I get so worked up. Yeah. You know, I'm telling myself things that would get anybody worked up. So what is it that has triggered me? What is it about what she said that, that made me so angry? What is it about the things that have happened to me that caused me to feel this way? Yeah. yeah. Well, kudos to you and handling that really well and, and taking a difficult moment, an emotional moment, and really understanding where it came from and how it was impacting your life. Right. And, well, and, you know, this show, learning the tools that we've learned on this show uh, helped me in that moment. I don't know if I would have just gone through that moment, like you said, and not gotten out of anything out of it, had we not been working on this show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, listen, if, if, and when I have a similar instance of emotion, I feel very lucky that we're doing the show and that we're learning about different tools to pull out of the toolbox. Cause some of these tools that we don't use all the time, you, you forget are there. And thankfully, we have a podcast reminding us very consistently of of the things that we have that we can do that are not that difficult, that could really have meaningful, meaningful changes in in, in our life. That's right. And here's the next one, number three, get feedback. Yikes. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Feedback on how you're doing. Feedback on how you're you're handling situations, if you're leading a meeting or leading a team, asking people how to go. How, how did you interpret my handling uh, of that, of, uh, of this show? I mean, I think that's why we end this show asking for feedback every week. It's not because it's something to say. It's because we're actually looking for, we're actually looking to the community to be our eyes and ears, mostly ears, because it's mostly a podcast, to give us feedback on how we're handling things. Because sometimes 
the way that we deal with life is very rote. And you might be missing, you, you know, as they say, you, you miss the forest through the trees. And so that's why we look for, for feedback from, from you all on what we're doing and what we're handling. And, you know, some of the feedback is good and, and that's great to hear. It's great to get positive feedback, but it's also very constructive to hear what you've been missing as long as it's done in a constructive and, and well-intentioned way. And looking for areas in the world where you could get feedback is very important because a lot of times if you're not looking for the areas where you can get feedback from, from the people you can get feedback from, you're not going to get that feedback and it's just, it's just going to go... The, the moment will be lost. Absolutely. And for most of us, getting feedback is difficult. It's for what, whatever reason, we don't like hearing we did, we, we made a mistake or we're, we're, we're not doing something the most efficient way. But you put your ego aside for a minute, you can actually learn something. You can be that person you want to be you can be the person they want you to be if you're a manager of a team mm. listen to your your team when they when they give you constructive criticism on how to manage them you want to get the most out of them right sometimes people give you criticism that's not too constructive that's just how some people are yeah but if you can find someone that can safely tell you you look, it would be better if you did it this way, or I didn't really appreciate it when you did this. I, th I think that we can be open to at least listening and acknowledging and taking into consideration. Right. That's, you, the, that's the very least we can do. Because the thing is, you don't need to agree with it. You don't need to take the advice. You don't need to say that's the gospel truth and I, I'm, I'm wrong and, and shame on me. None of those things. You just have to do exactly what Dave just was saying. And one of the important items that was brought up in the video by Steve Faulkner is that the more you put yourself in a situation where you get criticism, the better you get at taking that criticism. Because sometimes, and, and again, constructive criticism is where it's at, but sometimes you're going to get something that doesn't feel that constructive, and you're going to have to deal with that too. Good point. Whether it was constructive or not, because sometimes it could be constructive, but it doesn't feel constructive, and sometimes you might have to digest it, reflect on it in, later in the day, you might want to journal it, you know, all sorts of different things, and again, we're just layering on why all these things are important, what we're talking about today. But the more you do it, the better you are at taking it and evaluating it and either incorporating it or dismissing it or, or whatever it is that you need to do with it. But whatever you do with it, you're going to be mindful how you process it and be appreciative that the other person was putting themselves out there to offer that criticism. I mean, that, that's, that's really a, a good friend. 
that can offer you some constructive criticism. Yeah. And, and if you feel like somebody could handle a situation in a different manner, more appropriately. So, you know, you, you, the way you dealt with that last time, uh, you ended up in jail. So maybe, what do you think you could do different this time? Maybe take a different course so you don't end up in jail. You know, when you get that error message. Uh-oh. Maybe stomping on your computer in front of the police is not the way to do, go about resolving that. Yeah, well, accosting the people, in, verbally accosting the people in the cafe, resolve your problem. Next item up for bid after get feedback, analysis tools. Now, this was an interesting one, and I didn't expect it. Steve was recommending folks use emotional te intelligence testing Tests like the Myers-Briggs test. Have you tried the Myers-Briggs test? I was not uh, familiar with Myers-Briggs until I started dating my now wife, Kimberly. Right. And one of the sort of early dating activities we did is we both took the Myers-Briggs test together. How romantic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it brought us closer because it, it aligned, our personalities were aligned. We were very, had a lot of very similar characteristics. And we were both one percenters that we were very, um, very proud of. I'm a one percenter. You're a one percenter? Yeah. Of what? I forget. But we were oh. one percenters. We were, diff we were different one percenters, but we were in the same sort of area of percentage. You're in the... Family of one percenters. Yes, exa beautiful way to put that. Ha have you ever taken it? I did. Yes, I can't remember what I am though. No, it's an INFJ, I think. Oh, okay. I don't INFP. One of those. I'm a KFWB. KFC. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if if you're not familiar with Myers Briggs, and there's some other tests that are very similar to that. Maybe take it. It's a diagnostic tool, and it's, they're not perfect. It's not necessarily gospel what your results are, but it's an interesting way to approach understanding yourself and being more self-aware. That's right. But he does warn that taking these tests might influence you to behave in a certain way. Because you feel like, oh, well, I am this type of person. I should be doing these things. But this is more of a generalization. The way he put it, actually, I liked it, is that this is a point to label yourself with a pinch of salt just to start a conversation. These tests aren't exact diagrams of who you are, but show you the direction that you should be going in. If this is the type of person you are, it's because of you are drawn to these certain things. You're comfortable with this certain type of way of life. And, but we're all different. You know, we're yeah. all completely different. We're just similar. So don't get caught up in these tests and think, oh, okay, so I guess I need to start taking up uh, uh, 
backgammon. Right. Which is a because great that's game. What people in my group do. They play I, backgammon. I listen. Backgammon is a great game. It's it's very fun. Good. Want to hear something? Funny? Good quarantine fun. Sure. I've never in my life played backgammon. Really? Yeah. They're missing out. If you know people that play, out. it's all right. The last one, Dave, I'm going to let you take this one because I didn't really get what the hell he was talking about with this last one. <laughs> Existing models. Use models in, of behavior that you identify with to give you a direction of where you want to go and how you want to behave. He's talking about models like leadership. Like if you want to be a leader. You're going to follow a certain model. Like Kobe, he had the Black Mamba model. Right. Okay. So if you want to be the greatest of all time, this is the model that you need to follow. The championship model, you could say. So there's already models of behavior in existence. And he's just saying that you can use those to kind of find your own self within that. What kind of model are you drawn towards? Mm. And it just helps you understand behaviors and thought patterns. All right. Well, that's really cool. We definitely should uh, look into some of those existing models and use them in the way that he was suggesting. All right, so please share any tips or suggestions you have that may help us get through this crisis and let us know what you thought of this episode. We'd like the feedback. And join us next week when we continue our Living It Under Quarantine Inner Self series where we talk more about self-awareness and owning our behaviors and mastering communication. Wouldn't that be nice? And as always, remember to subscribe and... Share. share. And when we say share, when we ask you to share, we really mean share. Share with the people that you know. Share with friends and colleagues that you think that might get something out of this. We're not just saying it to say it. That's how the show gets out there. That's how we grow. That's how we get stronger as a community. And of course, as always, join us on our Live It or Waste It Facebook page. Just search Live It or Waste It now on Facebook. And we're, of course, now on Instagram, so please check out all of our memes over there. And for those of you who would like to financially support this podcast, we ask you to go to patreon.com slash liveit. And for those of you on the East Coast who are looking to get your podcast on, you could go to my website, someonetalkmedia.com. And if you'd like to do a podcast and you live somewhere on the West Coast... You can reach me at winedesigns.com. W-E-I-N designs.com. Now stay inside and live it. Don't waste it. Peace and love. This has been a production of someonetalkmedia.com.